welcome back to the Can Do MS podcast. This is episode 33 titled, My Motto, Adapt and Overcome. With us today, we have psychologist Lucy Carrier and program participant Jessica Hinton. We're going to hear a bit about Jessica today and how she stays motivated and moving forward. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for that introduction, Krista. Uh, my name is Lucy Carrier, and I'm a clinical health psychologist uh, based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and I have been working um, with individuals diagnosed with MS and their families since 2014. And I have been with CANDU since 2015. Um, I'm also joined here with, uh, with Jessica. Uh, and Jessica, I'd love for you to introduce mm-hmm. yourself uh, to our audience and Tell us a little bit uh, about you. Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Jessica Hinton. I am 40 years old. I was diagnosed uh, with MS when I was 23, so I've been living with it for about 17 years. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm a geologist working with the Army Corps of Engineers, and uh I'm also an Army veteran. I served for four years in the Army and uh, left left there to go to school for geology. And I have made my way here to Nashville over the last several years working in construction. I'm also just recently, well, not recently, about a year ago, got engaged to my support partner who has been wonderful throughout this whole journey. So... So tell me, you know, having lived with MS, um, you know, for as long as you have, um, you have certainly experienced many trials and tribulations in managing this disease and, and living as a young adult, right? And pursuing a career and a family. Um, tell me about, uh, about that journey. What's that been like for you as you have navigated all of these things simultaneously? <laughs> Um, it's been, it's definitely been a challenge. It's had its ups and downs. Um, I've had three, what I call, would call three major episodes, um, over the last 17 years, which caused new disability. And every time that happens, of course, you have to overcome something new. You have to find a new normal. And, um, I would say emotionally, that's been a huge challenge, but, um, you know, there's always a way. There's always a way to overcome it. Um, When I was 23, I went blind, and fortunately, that came back. (laughs) And I was an undergrad. I had just gotten out of the military. And I was an undergraduate studying geology, and I had no idea what was going on. And it was terrifying. And um, I thought I was going to have to drop out of school. And fortunately, the, the day I started to initiate dropping out of college was the day I started to have a little bit of vision come back. So that gave me hope that uh, whatever was happening to me was would eventually resolve. And fortunately, over the next month, it did come back um, almost completely. And I was able to carry on with my studies. 
Yeah. And then, um, and it was pretty, pretty stable for the next five years. You know, I had some symptoms like fatigue that every, everybody seems to have. And for the most part, it didn't play a huge role in my life, except for the uncertainty of what does it mean to have MS? Um, I would have loved to have had access to a program like Can Do MS back then, um, just to be in touch with other people with MS and kind of understand it better. Um, Sounds like you and just to have that support. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. yeah. It sounds like you know you were really feeling that um, potentially that isolation of are there others yes. like me? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then as things progressed, um, started to get a little bit more challenging. Um, I definitely felt that. And when I had my second major episode is when things really, <laughs> really started to go downhill, if you will. Um, I had an episode on or an attack on my spine, kind of at the shoulder level. So I became, I became almost completely immobile. And uh, thank goodness, I had an MS specialist doctor at the time, who recognized it quickly enough that we were able to treat it uh, with IBIG. And um, I regained my mobility, I still have a lot of chronic pain from that and weakness and things. But, you know, for the most, I just consider myself so, so, so incredibly lucky that I was able to regain all of that. And that's really when I think my, my true MS journey began. Um, I was working full time for a mining company at that time. And fortunately, uh, my my boss and my coworkers were incredibly supportive. So I remember my 28th birthday, all that I wanted to do, all that I wanted for my 28th birthday was to be able to go back to work because I had been partially paralyzed for, you know, a couple of weeks prior to that. And, and it required me going to work required me to walk upstairs and to be able to sit for long periods and to use my hands. And um, I, it took, I remember it took me like 10 minutes just to get up the stairs, but I did it. And then my, uh, my boss insisted that we buy a cot and put it in a, in one of the empty offices so that whenever I needed it, I could go, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> so incredible. Whatever I needed it. Yeah, how attentive they were to your needs. Yes, it was amazing because I never expected that. So whenever I needed it, I could go rest. And I did, and it was okay. And um, they were just happy I was back. Happy that they that I was trying, I guess. Um and then, you know, a couple years later, I ended up going to grad school in Illinois, and that was a challenge with, um, with the fatigue side of things. 
and the physical side of things. I hadn't found a medication that really served me well at that point. Um, so I was trying different things, but, you know, nothing really seemed like it was helping the symptoms. Though uh, I just remember I, <laughs> I felt like such a dork. I had a, one of those rolling suitcases that I would carry all my books in. And <laughs> I just remember people looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Like, you lazy, you know, you weirdo. I'm just like, whatever, I, I'm yeah, here, I'm doing were, it. Yeah, you were fighting through it. I mean, what tenacity, you know, and just incredible. <laughs> yes, I mean, you were making the most of your situation. Right, exactly. And I, I think that was the first time that I really felt what it meant to have an invisible disease because people make judgments about you, you know, based on your actions. Like, you know, I later, years later, I had a professor when I was going through another graduate program who made fun of people who did that. And I got so mad at him in the class. He like, you know, he just thought he was being funny. Like these people are being lazy. And I said, excuse me, <laughs> you don't know what this person is going through. You don't know why they're doing that. Um, they might have a back issue or they might have an invisible disability. You just don't know. So true. it was true. Advocacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I think he was embarrassed because he realized uh, he knew that I had MS, and I think he realized that he put his foot in his mouth. But, but that was, I think, my first one of my first experiences having an invisible disability, where it can be a challenge just to to know how to react and to how that makes you feel about yourself that people are making these judgments about you when you have, when you view yourself in a certain way, like I was a soldier, mm -hmm. I overcome all of these things and you're viewing me like I'm weak. Mm -hmm. That, that was always a hard one for me. Mm -hmm. I think um, actually the can do MS program helped me that I attended last year um, really helped me to come to terms with things like that. Um, In what way, Jessica? You could tell us a little about that. It, it made me feel okay with it. Like uh, I'm not alone. Um, it doesn't make me weak. It's okay to, to own it. It's okay to almost like granting myself permission to, to be a disabled person, to have limitations and to not judge myself or hate myself or think less of myself because of that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like you really you know, have been working really hard at integrating in that aspect that I have MS, and it's a part of my identity, but doesn't define me. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. 
Yeah. I'm just so stretched yeah. listening to you, you know, during these very seminal points in your life where you had quite an extended and prolonged experience of disability and how right. that earlier, you know, I was just still attempting to go to work and I see, I see you as doing far more than that. I mean, you are actively fighting through those periods of incredible uncertainty. What do you think was driving you through those weeks of not realizing, will my vision come back? Will I be able to walk again? Refusal to give up <laughs> or to give in to it, I think. has it, And that that has... So I, I had to be a resilient person from a very young age. So it, I think it came naturally to me. And also, I think my military training probably contributed to that. You know, it, they, they tear you down to your base level and then they build you, build you back up and you just, I remember that feeling of, I will never be the same person type of person that I was before when I was in, you know, when I was going through basic training. And I just remember we have having this conversation with the, the other female soldiers in our barracks. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to being that person because I feel like I've, I've done so much after this. So I think that, that both of those things really taught me resilience and, um, and MS itself has taught me resilience just because I don't want to give up. I don't want it to take over my life. And that's been a blessing and a curse. It's been a positive and a negative because it's also uh, one thing that I've <clears throat> continued to struggle with is acceptance of, of my limitations. And, um, and again, I think the can do MS program really just kind of hit home with me, the acceptance aspect of it, because for example, I'm a geologist. And when I was going through grad school, I had the opportunity to go in two different directions that I was very interested in. Uh, the first one was construction, like engineering, which would require a lot more physical activity. And uh, the other avenue was working in a laboratory. Um, and I would have, I'm certain I would have enjoyed both. I would have been stimulated intellectually in both realms, but I could not accept that I had these physical limitations. I continuously told myself, no, it will, you will make it better. You will make it better. You will be able to do these things. You just have to get there and you'll be able to work in the field. You'll be able to stay long weeks in a hotel away from your heating pad and your Tempur-Pedic mattress and, you know, <laughs> all of these things that I honestly take for have taken for granted, um, I will be able, I just, I won't need those things then. 
for some magical reason, I won't need them. And here I am, you know, I, I, I denied, I didn't really fully accept my true limitations and, uh, and it has, I wouldn't say it has caused a lot of conflict because thankfully my boss here as well is very understanding. So we have carved out kind of a new path for me that I don't have to go into the field and do a lot of the physical activities that I normally would. So I'm so incredibly blessed that uh, I've had that, I have that opportunity here, but I, it wouldn't, it, it would not have been an issue if I had just accepted that I don't have the same abilities that I had when I was a 20 year, year old army soldier, you know, <laughs> and here I am 42. So, you know, there's that factor as well, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like though it was, it was really important for you to be able to make that decision. Like you wanted to have, yes. that. you wanted to, you know, push yourself in ways that sounds like in retrospect, whew, maybe you pushed yourself a little too hard, but yeah. certainly was a lot of lessons. I think that you took away from that and, and recognizing Absolutely. my strengths, where are some of my areas um, that physically are just a little too, too challenging for me or push me to a point right. where I'm just not enjoying but my quality of life. Right. Life. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to push my own limitations because sometimes you find that you have a, a new limitation, like uh, you've pushed it, you've pushed it back a little bit so that you, or you move forward a little bit. Like you, you can do a little bit more than you originally thought you could. And then, you know, eventually you find where that boundary actually is. And, you know, you can't go over that boundary. But then I like to, you know, push it a little, little bit later, give it some time, push it a little bit more. And maybe, you know, that's, I guess that's kind of the way that I have always done things. Um, but now I would say, now that I'm older and wiser, I uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I can still, I can now accept where that actual boundary is, where that limitation truly is, and not punish myself because of it. That's a huge part. I mean, what, what yeah. is and, and just uh, reflection, right? And being okay. Yeah. And, being okay with not being okay, I think. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And it's just given me such peace of mind. And I remember after going to, attending the Can Do MS seminar last year, uh, coming back to work and feeling so empowered because I felt okay finally being truly open with my employer about what my limitations are 
and where I need to draw the line in the sand. Like I can't do these two mile hikes uh, in the middle of the June summer with limited access to water and things like that. I just can't. And it, that's horrible for everybody. No one wants to do that. But especially as a person with MS where it could push me to being in the hospital, you know, or could trigger some sort of relapse that I'm permanently disabled, have a new permanent disability as a result. No, that's, that's, I can't accept that. So I can't do, uh, helped me to accept that, I think, accept that, accept that I need to accept <laughs> the limitations, if that makes sense. Sounds like it really gave you that, that experience with the program. Just uh, it gave you that permission to, to be open, to be vulnerable, to hear. Right. Yes. Um, yes. To reflect on yourself of, okay. Yeah. Well, where's my quality of life in this? I can push, push, push. Right. But to what end? Right. Exa exactly. To what end? Just to show myself that. I'm not weak or that I, I am still that 20 year old soldier that I am truly not anymore mentally or physically. Yeah. So Jessica, what, what advice or strategies might you share with those listening and uh, trying to, you know, really recognize that inner resiliency that you've, you've really beautifully laid out for us today. How might others find that or recognize it? You know, I, I think gratitude is one way. Um, my fiance actually got me a gratitude journal earlier this year. And it, it's been beautiful because it's helped me to appreciate what I do have um, either physically or just in life and then also pinpoint some sticking areas where I have room for improvement and it journaling that helped me to identify some areas that I would kind of harp on that I didn't realize I was harping on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And I would just kind of, I would review my notes and be like, okay, <laughs> I've, I've mentioned this thing, you know, for two weeks straight, not really realizing it. And then, so recognizing that, um, I was actually able to actively and intentionally work on that particular thing. And this, so I'll, I'll tell you what this particular example was. I was working with a woman who was just not a nice person. And I didn't, I was, felt that I was intimidated by her. And I, and it was plaguing me, like it was making me feel physically ill. So I, and I, I didn't recognize that it was causing 
such conflict in my own mind. So I actively worked on being not more assertive, well, kind of more assertive, but more standing my ground, I guess you could say, with this person. And ultimately, over, you know, the following weeks, I gained this woman's respect. And she's actually worked much more pleasant to me now. But my point, I guess my point, the point in that is reflection on what your challenges are and baby steps, like not giving up. I don't feel like I'm explaining this very well. No, I think you've done a great job. I, I think what I'm, what I'm really hearing, and I imagine others too, is just that, um, that decision to um, start journaling, right, as, as a means of um, practicing gratitude, which we talk a lot about, right, as a positive way to, um, right. way to cope, was just an incredible exercise in self-exploration, you know, and recognizing right. some of those strengths, some of those areas um, for continued growth, right, MS-related or right. not, there still was that spirit um, with your tenacity and that inner strength that yeah. has really shown through. Thank you. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think uh, I would say um, overall, the resilience factor just comes from not not letting it defeat me in a way. How to, how, to, how to verbalize it, I guess. And I think, too, resiliency is um, it's an active process, right? It's, it's it is. It's not a static thing. I either have it or don't. I mean, you really had to work at it and, and continue to right. build up what we call this psychological muscle. You had physical muscle, right, as a, as a Right, yeah, yeah. And, and you've really been practicing that psychological muscle as, as you've been living with this invisible disease and, and navigating these challenges. Yeah. So I think, I think one of the, one of the things that has helped me is to acknowledge that, okay, this, my limitations now might be different, but what do I do instead? So instead of, instead of, I guess, accepting that there's a new, a new way of doing things and those new ways are good. They can still be good. They can still be, you know, um, they can still, I, I don't have to be in this strictly clearly defined box that I've set for myself at this one time. I can actually change the shape of the box. Like, uh, for example, you know, with, ongoing disability and new limitations, I've had to change the types of physical activities and exercises that I do. And that's just been a continuous thing. Like, okay, well, I, uh, I can't ride bikes anymore. Okay. I loved riding bikes. Do I, do I keep riding bikes? 
Well, no, I can't. So what do I do instead? Okay, I'm going to try swimming. Okay, do swimming for a while. Well, now I have vertigo, so I can't do swimming. So, okay, no more swimming, no more biking. What can I do next? Rock climbing. With limitations, I can still do rock climbing. <laughs> so I do rock climbing, <laughs> you know, things like that. Just And it's, it's actually kind of, I don't want to say fun, but it opens up a new world of possibilities that you wouldn't normally have thought you could do. You have learned to regroup and, and adapt. As a, as yeah, a adapt, adapt and overcome, I guess would be my motto. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful way to just capture, you know, the 17 years you have been living, navigating, and learning to thrive you know, with this invisible disease. As we wrap up, Jessica, any, any lessons, uh, strategies, tips that you, uh, you'd like to impart on our, our audience, some of those living within us? Um, I would say, you know, embrace, embrace the MS, love yourself. That sounds silly, but, but it's true. You know, you deserve happiness. You deserve respect. You deserve to treat yourself with love and care and you deserve happiness. So, you know, explore gratitude and explore, you know, owning Owning your gratitude and owning what you what you need as a person, um, yeah, own your needs and um, just keep trying. Don't don't live in that hole of you know what you've lost. Just keep trying, adapt and overcome, if you will. Words to live by, adapt and overcome. Thank you to Jessica and Lucy for the extra motivation as we move into the new year. Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to give us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Additionally, thank you to our 2020 online program sponsors for making this podcast possible. Thank you to Bristol Myers Squibb, Biogen, EMD Serono, Sanofi Genzyme, Genentech, Novartis, and Malincott Pharmaceuticals. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes. We also now offer transcripts for all of our podcasts if you'd also like to have a text version of this audio podcast. You can access those on the website, cando-ms.org. Again, thanks for tuning in and have a great day.